0: Let us pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you uh, again for this this gathering. We thank you, Lord, that you uh, desire uh, to know us, uh, even despite the fact that you know what uh, what you know about us, um, or what we know of ourselves. That you uh, love us. We don't always know what to do with that, uh, to do with that language. How, how to come to you as as Father. Uh, how to come to you in love. we um, we don't always know what to do with that Lord, but but we ask that you would give us uh, faith and insight uh, to uh, come to you on your terms and to uh, hear your word to us today. Uh, speak to us by your spirit, open our hearts, open our minds, uh, that we might uh, be gathered uh, to you and strengthened to do uh, your will in the places that you have called us. In our lives, we ask this all in the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. All right, God. Well, the um, question uh, today is lions or lambs, and I, I, uh, I just I bring that because there is a, uh, I, I feel like the church, sort of universal, the ch- the church um, at large, the sort of popular uh, church sends uh, the media driven church I mean, that sort of sends mixed messages the uh, and the idea that we are to be uh, you know strong uh, as men, but we are to be uh meek as as or, or gentle as lambs and and um and and is Jesus strong or is he weak and and really I mean probably the answer is yes I mean there is there strength in being weak is there weakness in being uh, strong, and it's just sort of a mixed message. And I just want to sort of address that question uh, today. Um, and uh, any, any, any thoughts uh, as, we, as we get started what, on that sort of dichotomy and the mixed message? Um, would you agree that, that that's a confused message? What, what are your, as you saw the title or see the title, what's, well, what, what jumps out at you? What are your initial thoughts? Have to be both. Yeah. Okay. Say say a little bit more about that without teaching the rest of my class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, have to, I think you have to be strong in your uh, opinions and in uh, where you're working with God and mm-hmm. trying to uh, promote His, his actions and, and your feelings and what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And also, you need to uh, be able to back off and be... Calm and in a certain
0: situation mm-hmm. with, family and with others in the community with working and so I, I agree hundred percent uh any other thoughts I guess yeah so David I'd
1: struggle is being the wrong one at the wrong time yeah <laughs> isn't that
0: the truth isn't that true honey you said you want a man of strength. damn it you know like this and uh uh and no I want you to be gentle but um the uh the the, uh, I think that's that's a great a great way to put it. Which which one wins? And uh, in the moment, uh, are we able to to make the right discernment? I know often uh, I am not. So that's that's good. Any other any other thoughts as we as we get going? Just a recap of last time. We kind of looked at some images uh, of masculinity, and we said that uh, uh, Nick Saban, uh, regardless of what you think about his doctrine of imputation, um, the uh, um, <laughs> Frank caught an earful uh, after the uh, service, but the um, the uh, the uh, just the image of a you know a, a sort of no bones uh, win at all costs, you know, be the toughest guy out there, prepare, 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 uh, victory, 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 um, success at uh, not at any cost because I think he does things with integrity, uh, but but just this it, that's part of why he's. Uh, respected, and, and and for us, for most of us, it it becomes this other image of the sort of the hardened uh, CEO businessman, uh, where we might be one thing at church, but really in our in our day to day lives, it's uh, take no prisoners, um, victory at any cost. And we 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 talked about uh, how it'd be sort of an oversimplification to say, don't be like these, be like be like Jesus. Um, it, that's just probably uh, a little too uh, simple. Um, because because Jesus, we would say, showed great strength in, in dying on, on the cross. And what is, what is that? Uh, what does that mean? And if you remember, I read uh, this uh, piece from uh, a, an author named Brenny Brown. And she, she writes, uh, We start to manage situations and micromanage the people around us, not just at work, but in the rest of our lives as well, we make what is uncertain certain no matter what the cost. We basically stay so busy that the truth of our lives can never catch up. We look confident on the outside, but feel scared uh, on the inside. And um, and I, I don't know about you, but that, that just resonates with me. I, I uh, have often thought and often seen, as I've worked with men as well, uh, men who look... Uh, one way on the outside or myself being one way on the outside and, and on the inside saying, I just hope they don't realize I feel like a scared little boy. Uh, and, um, and, and, re- and not realizing, not being able to articulate that everybody else basically feels uh, the same way uh, on some level. Uh, and so what we said last time is that, that um, you, uh, it, it's, it's, ultimately it's, it comes down to do you believe the gospel? Uh, do you believe the gospel? Are we really justified? Or do we need to do, continue to do the work to justify ourselves? Sure, we're justified before God, but that's not, that doesn't really have anything to do with my relationships in, in the workplace or in the community where I need to continually justify myself. And, and, and if we're feeling like that, we, if we really are having to justify ourselves, uh, then, then that's, we're not living into the gospel. Because our identity as Christian men affects not just our standing before God, but our our entire lives. And ultimately what we said, we used, uh, I used the verse from 1 Peter 5, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. And what I suggested uh, was that if... All the glory is His, then it is, exaltation is His to distribute at the proper time as He sees fit. We can, because of the Gospel, we can cast all our anxieties on Him and He cares uh, for us. But, what that, uh, but the, the faith question we're left with is do we trust Him to exalt us? And what about the ways that we've been working for the last 20 years to exalt ourselves? And are we willing to give that uh, over to the Lord uh, as well? If we are fundamentally... Performance driven. That is, if um, I mean, we can, and I think we can say it. We can be members of the Advent, and we can we can hear uh, the message of grace over and over again, and yet still live our lives fundamentally as uh, performance driven. Where w- at the end, who has the most toys uh, wins. Whoever has the biggest uh, estate, whoever has the biggest um, portfolio, whatever it is, it fu- if we're fundamentally performance driven, then we've got to hold it. Uh, all together with a tough exterior shell and we have to deny it. that it to live performance driven necessitates that we have to deny that there's any weakness in us and so what that means is that, that there may be a, we have to keep this this um, this exterior shell this tough shell and and we there may be times where we can sort of retreat and address some things in our lives but that's generally to make ourselves stronger and um, and, and and not not necessarily to to be honest about and to for to live into uh, maybe what God has made a, a place that God has intentionally uh, made us. We now what I'm not saying is, is that you shouldn't work hard in your jobs. I'm not I'm not saying that you should work hard in your jobs. Uh, but but what what is your identity? What what makes you a man? What makes me a man? Uh, is not ultimately our performance, uh, but ultimately it's is that we are justified by God in Christ. And then that justification spills over into every uh, area of our lives so that we can be uh, givers and uh, blessers. Faith in God is really not compatible with a performance-driven uh, life uh, unless faith in God becomes an additional tool uh, for achievement. If I do this, then God will reward me. If I uh, stay clean and and uh, this moral life or stay faithful to my wife or whatever it is then God should reward me and that ultimately is performance driven sort of using God as a tool uh, for uh, achievement and so the question is do we believe the gospel? do we believe the gospel? are we willing to acknowledge the reality of our weakness and let God trust God to do the exalting let him exalt us at the proper time uh, as he says so as Christian men are we to be uh, lions or lambs in the roles that He's given us, and we want to. What I want to do today is just I want to walk through. I don't have any uh, cool clips or anything like that to show, like I did last time. Uh, I want to just walk through the first epistle of Peter, and um, and I think He addresses uh, some directly, some in sort of roundabout ways where we have to extrapolate. Uh, basically, all the roles that we play. You may be able to come up with other roles that you play, and that's fine, but. Um, the roles that we play, and, and not just not necessarily in order of importance, but in the order that they appear in First Peter. Um, oops. All right. So the roles that we fulfill. The first uh, role that we have is uh, we are Christians, and that really is the anchor for all the other roles. We're Christians. Um, that we are. Uh, we're citizens. We live uh, in the world. Uh, we are uh, sons. Each one of us is is a son uh, to our father and our mother. Uh, we're uh, we may be not all of us. I'm not sure what our, all our situations, but we um, sort of want to talk about what it's like to be as uh, Christian husbands. Uh, we are uh, maybe brothers. We're certainly peers, brothers in Christ. Uh, we have peer relationships. Um, we are fathers. Many of us, most of us, probably. Um, what does that have to, what does our faith have to say about that uh, and we're men of the church what is our role uh, in the church uh, we may be employers uh, we may um, uh, whether we're actually we own the business or whether we supervise uh, employees or uh, in some sense we, we oversee individual folks so we want to take a look at these at these roles and we're going to kind of uh, rush through. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I feel like we'll probably spend a week on each of these. Uh, but we're, gonna, um, we're just going to kind of see what First Peter has to say. I'm not going to get the whole book, obviously. But uh, if, if you were to sit down with First Peter and take, look at it really meticulously and take notes on it and outline it and really think through it, it might take you about an hour, an hour and a half. It's, not, it's, a, it's five chapters. It's not a big book. So I would really encourage you uh, to do that, which is not to say you couldn't go through it for a year. Uh, but but I think that you could really get a good handle on it in a short amount of time. So, we're not going to hit it all, but we're going to hit some of, the, some of the highlights. Okay. So, um, so we're Christians. As men, uh, God has called us to Himself. Peter writes in the very beginning, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According uh, to His uh, great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being, that's presently, right now, by God's power, you are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. So, uh, God, it's important that, and if you look at all the epistles, really, Paul and Peter uh, both... Uh, John is, is, um, has a different pattern, but he continues to go back to the Gospel as well. They begin with the Gospel. They begin, before they start talking about what we are to do in the world, um, they begin with the Gospel. And um, the indicative of what has been done for us always comes before the imperative of what we are to do. Um, and interestingly, in Peter, he goes back to it again and again. He'll start talking about what we are to do, and then he'll go back to it. But what he says here is that we, Jesus has caused us um, and God the Father has been ca- caused us to be born again. We didn't do it ourselves. He's caused us. And He has given us an inheritance uh, in, the he- in heaven that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And it's kept in heaven for you because your salvation that you've already been given and has already been accomplished for you is not yet complete until uh, we receive it uh, in heaven. But, but Christianity is not a guarantee of an easier life. It's not a tool to be used uh, for our achievement. In fact, uh, it, you, it may be your experience that in, in Christ, you've given your life to Christ, and life gets more difficult. Um, so the good news is in the economy of God, the difficulties um, are not wasted. He continues uh, in this, this section, chapter 1, uh, in this, that's your salvation, in this uh, you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. And I think most of us in our life... Can relate to that. We've been grieved by various trials. So that, and here's, here's where the in the economy of God those times are not wasted, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, again, more precious than gold that perishes, uh, though it is tested by fire, uh, so that the genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor and the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not your praise and glory and honor, which is what we strive after. I was thinking about that uh, this morning actually uh, based on a conversation that I had uh, you know how you, you have conversations they just kind of come back to you and you think you know I wish oh I wish I'd uh, said this but I was talking to a, a, a guy uh, actually an, an episcopal clergyman and and, um, and he just he said I, I believe that, that humanity that we're basically we're fundamentally good and we continue to make mistakes and um, and I just it made me think of it. You know, as I thought about that conversation, I was thinking that, you know, in Adam, uh, he he so great was this the idea that he was created in the image of God that that is such an exalted position that he immediately wanted to be God. I mean, what a risk for God uh, to give us. But that's uh, that was his sin. I mean, that was Eve's sin, and that was uh, that was probably even the sin before the the, the disobedience in the apple that that they wanted to be God. So strong was was their creation in the image of God, and um, and we see that as well. That's we're not fundamentally good if we make mistakes. We fundamentally don't want God to be God. We want to be God uh, ourselves. Uh, and yet, um, and yet, uh, what this says when we are given a right relationship with God, we we have been born again and restored. All the praise and all the glory and all the honor that we want for ourselves apart from Christ is given back to its proper place as well. So it's not just that we are put in our proper place, but the glory is put in its proper place uh, as well. And so God is given uh, uh, its all to be for Him. And there's great hope in knowing uh, that there's a restoration of all things even though we go through various trials. Because our identity uh, as men uh, is that we are in Christ. That we're in, that's the gospel, that we are in Christ. And we're not just in Christ on Sundays. Um, we're not just in Christ in sort of one realm of our life. but We're in Christ in all aspects of our life. And that's really the, that's, that's the difficulty. That's the rub of the Christian life is trying to figure out and learn to live according to that reality that's already been bestowed upon us. And, and so we live in, um, in faith, trusting that our salvation is secure, in uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus, we live in hope, uh, and trusting that, that in Christ this life right here, that we are living is not all there is. And so Peter finishes up this paragraph, uh, and he says, um, "Though you have not seen him, you love him. though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him, you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. Now I want to ask, I probably should have I thought we were gonna have a little bigger screen, I probably should have um, blown that up just a little bit, but um, I wonder I mean, do you I wonder if if this characterizes the way that you live your life given the fact that you are in Christ, given the fact that this is the salvation your, your the salvation of your soul is, is complete. Does it spill over such that even though you don't see him, you believe in him and you rejoice with joy uh, that is inexpressible and filled uh, with glory over the salvation of your soul. Is it just sort of a, a statement of fact, my soul is safe or is it, does that bring you incredible joy? And I think the, the, um, the, the, the deeper we bore into what we have been saved from, the more we really r- believe that we haven't accomplished it uh, on our own. The more we really believe we have been rescued, from the total depth and depravity of our souls, the more we realize the glory. But if but it's hard. I, I mean, I even in my job in church work, it's hard to go through and recognize as Christians um, the incredible glory. And it takes time uh, in confession. It takes time uh, on our knees. Um, but this is our identity as Christians: uh, that we are. Uh, men of God, and that anchors every other role that we play. We are Christians by grace, and so we are eternal beings. And our faith is not a strategy uh, for moral integrity. It's not a strategy for economic advancement. Uh, but it, our faith is the means by which we are changed, we are rescued for eternal life in Christ and with Christ. And so the rest of chapter 1 the and cha- the beginning of chapter 2, they talk about our life of faith. And at least twice, he goes back and rearticulates uh, the gospel because Peter's so uh, centered on that. And you can understand why Peter would be centered on that. And we just come through Holy Week and uh, see where Peter said, "I will be with you always, even if it means my own death." And he ran away and was afraid to tell a little girl that he was with Jesus and and um, and watched uh, Jesus uh, die. And then and then he remembered the this, this scene on the um, on the beach where where Jesus uh, restores Peter in an incredible act of grace. And mercy that he uh, obviously didn't deserve. Peter was in touch with what he had been saved from, and uh, and that is the joy comes when we we find that. Any um, as we've got a good bit more to cover in the next uh, 20 minutes, but any any comments or you want to add to that? Yeah, Don. Well,
1: you, you asked the question. Do we believe this or can we live this way? It strikes me to read that carefully. My question would be what. Might it look like if somebody actually lived like that? Love him, believe in him, rejoice in the joy that's inexpressible and filled with water. What, what might that look like if a man actually lived that way? Do you
0: think he might might look different? It looked different than the
1: way
0: I live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's move forward. So we're Christians, and that's the one that anchors everything. But we are we're citizens, and we're sons. And the reason I put those together, uh, Paul talks about. Uh, I mean, Peter talks about being subject uh, for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Now, the family is not necessarily a human institution, but it does. He's, he's talking about being submissive uh, to authorities. And I think as as men, we uh, we need to remember that we're sons. And so we're going to talk about uh, how we uh, live as citizens, but we're also If we can extrapolate and and bring that to the authority that we uh, remain under uh, to our fathers and mothers, Um, Peter says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise to those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. In other words, we're to be witnesses. That it is actually in uh, following the laws of the land uh, that uh, because, because they're there, because, um, it's, it's not just for our benefit, it's not just to keep us out of trouble, but there's actually a witness there. And there's, actually, there's ample scripture, scriptural evidence to say that the good works that we do as Christians are not for ourselves and not for the favor um, that we have before the Lord because that favor has already been given in full. Uh, but the good works that we do for Christians are for the witness to other people. We do those good works for other people. Uh, God has set up order in our society. And we forget that sometimes. And all authority is God given. You remember Jesus before Pilate. and Pilate says, don't you know I've got the authority to set you free? And Jesus says, you not want anything if I didn't give it to you. Um, that, to me, that's part of the evidence for the fact that Christianity is true. Nobody would make that up. Nobody would put the victim in control of the, uh, the captor. Um, so, yes, yeah, Jim. I was thinking about this
1: recently. We live in a paradoxical world. Our country exists.
0: Well, that's true. And um, I, I, I just choose not to think about that, Jim. No, I have. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd, have to, I'd have to do something. I, that's not really something I've thought about. Although, I, it, it, I guess initially, all I have to say about that is that it just proves we need a Savior. I, you know, from the very beginning of the founding of our country. But. And, and uh, Peter goes on and he says So live um, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. Um, but living as servants of God, this is interesting. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Just concise, sort of pithy. Uh, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So we're citizens in, in this world. We are to we are given as Christians to bear witness to the authority that we're under in God by by submitting to the authority we are under in the government. In the same vein, uh, he doesn't address it per se, uh, but in the same way, God has uh, given us, uh, in the same way that God has given us public authorities, He's given us familial authorities. Now we're men, we're adults, we uh, we um, we stand on our own uh, two feet, uh, but until our fathers and mothers go on uh, to glory. Uh, We still stand under the commandment that says to honor our father and mother. There is still a um, there is still a a a commandment there over us that doesn't go away. We we don't live in a family that just sort of hyper values uh, patriarchy uh, like like the ones that like that have societies that have gone before us. And so we forget this sometimes. We begin to see our parents as peers when we we become uh, adults. Partially yeah, I mean, answers his yeah. question.
1: we believe his people are free. let yeah. make that line and the Lamb thing. Okay. Um, but I, as I said, God wants us to be free and to try to be spokesmen for justice. Mm-hmm. And some things aren't okay. And some things you should just meekly accept. Uh, 9-11 or whatever. So mm-hmm. and now we've got to find them. You can't, you can't do that. And uh, But then other times, you need to... Be able to compromise in a marriage or whatever. You need sure, to, you need to you need to recognize what's my core. What can I not compromise right. on? And what are those little things that I can compromise on and help keep this marriage you know? But sometimes you've got to take a stance. Sometimes you've got to ignore a little bit and say, oh, we, "We just you know civilized people can't tolerate things like this happening to other people."
0: Right. So sometimes we have to be strong. Sometimes we need to uh, take uh, sort of take our medicine. We need to be meek. Make- but um, but you know, it, I think in, in that in that meanness it takes a lot of resolve. Uh, it takes a lot of, of resolve. The question is: Are we living from a sort of tough exterior shell where we're scared of little boys inside, or acknowledging our weakness? Uh, are we letting God be strong through us? Uh, because uh, because if, if we are free, we're not using our freedom uh, for our own ends, but we're uh, we're allowing we're sort of letting life come to us. And um, and seeking the glory of the Lord, and letting Him uh, do those things. So I I think, you know, I've been thinking about it. Getting back to being fathers, and um, and and teaching our uh, teaching our children how to respect us. They're going to sort of, if if they see me constantly exasperated with my my parents, even when my parents are totally worthy of my exasperation. if they see, which is not say my, my statement, that's just a generic statement, not my situation, <laughs> parent, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, uh, but the, uh, but the, um, but the, I, I will, we, we teach our children how uh, basically every more more than what we say by what we do. It's the environment that they swim in. And if they see me rejecting my parents' authority, even as an adult, uh, they will feel free to reject uh, my authority. Particularly going into adulthood, um, so um, so it, honor of our parents is, is is the first of the horizontal commandments. You know, there's there's four commandments that, uh, of the Ten Commandments talk about honoring uh, the Lord, uh, and then the rest of them talk about sort of our, uh, love love your neighbors yourself. And the first one is honor your parents, uh, honor your father and mother. And so it's, we're not saved by that; we're saved by grace. But but uh, we are to honor. Because God has set that up in that way, and it, if you think about it, a healthy family as a witness to the world, you look at families uh, in the world today. Okay, so we're moving on. We are uh, we are husbands. So we're we're um, Christians. That anchors everything. Uh, we're citizens. We're sons. Uh, we are husbands. First Peter three seven. Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, it is true that First Peter three one through six has to do with uh, wives uh, submitting to their husbands, uh, but <laughs> so much of that, if you read that paragraph, is because their husbands are knuckleheads, and uh, and it, their submission. If Peter talks about their their submission to their husbands as being a witness to unbelieving. Uh, husbands or hard-hearted uh, husbands. But likewise, uh, says Peter, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Nowhere in our lives uh, are we to show uh, more, uh, a more gentle strength than, than in our marriages. We need to show strength. We need to show gentleness. Uh, and it takes an incredible amount of resolve to live with your wives in an understanding way. That is to to see to to hear things, hear what they say in their language. Uh, Russ, and I we we went through uh, this uh, love and respect by Emerson Egerichs, uh in a, in a small group, and uh, and he talks about in his book Love and Respect and in a small group. He talked about uh, so women have what do you say? They have blue uh, they, uh, women have pink glasses and pink hearing aids and. And use pink language, and blue, men have blue glasses and see see lives that way, and blue hearing aids, and they hear things that way. And, and so, when a woman speaks, and a man hears it, in his own language, but that's not you know that in your own lives. I mean, that's not what you heard is not what she meant to say, and, and invite what you said is not what she heard. And um, and learn what uh, one place that we can give grace uh, in our in our marriages is to learn to hear things the way our wife intends them to hear. Uh, from our uh, hear her heart behind what she says, and um, and and also be patient with her when she doesn't hear us, and sort of teach that. Now, that takes uh, resolve um, to to do that on any sort of uh, consistent basis. Um, it, to understand life from their perspective, and to help them see life from your perspective, increasing that uh, communication. That's how we give uh, them grace, and we're called. First Peter says to show honor to them. Show honor to them because they're heirs with you of the grace of life. So there's a peer, there's an equality there. They're heirs with you. Uh, but they're, they're not there just to serve you, which would have been radical in Peter's day. Uh, less so in our day. Uh, in fact, it may be, some would argue, the other way around. But, um, but we, are, um, we are to honor our wives and to treat them uh, with respect and to live with them in an understanding way and that that's hard, and that requires uh, both gentleness uh, and strength strength of character uh, especially and Peter also indicates that that this has an effect on our spiritual life uh, and our walk with the Lord. He says so that your prayers may not be hindered and I think that that would, we could spend all day on on that. What does that mean? It's not that God's uh, cursing you for not um uh, for for not loving your wife but but the fact that or not li- living with your wife and an under- offering her understanding, uh, but but it, there is an effect. Um, if we are constantly exasperated because we're not, it's really the problem may be more with us than with them. Uh, so so at, because we are Christians, having received grace uh, and being totally justified, we don't have to justify ourselves to our wives if we believe the gospel. And so we can give grace to them. And that requires gentleness. It also requires an incredible amount of strength of character. Um, Quick feedback, comment, thought. Something to think about for sure. Um, So we're Christians, we're citizens, we're sons, we're husbands. We are brothers and peers. Finally, writes Peter, uh, all of you, Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. So now this is still actually in Peter's section on submission to authorities. He has a whole... um, He begins with talking about sort of honor the emperor, but we're still talking about submission. And uh, our life in Christ is often a, a, a life of humility and uh, serving others, so submitting to one another, have unity of mind, have sympathy for one another, brotherly love. Um, so our, our lives as Christians impacts every relationship, not just those above us uh, whose authority we are under or those below us, as, um, uh, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but, but on a peer level, those equal to us in status or, or in station. Um, so, are your peer relationships characterized uh, by unity, uh, by sympathy, by um, by a, a love? I mean, do you, men don't know what to do with relationships necessarily, uh, with love, especially um, male relationships. But uh, that's why we have beard, everything that we, we that we do. It, it sort of lubricates that um, that uh, relationship. Is there? But I mean, we. I, I believe men need men. Men need men. In their lives to speak into in, in a in a sort of a strong masculine, um, totally obviously uh, non sexual loving sort of way. I mean, I believe that God has given us as there's a there's a reason where uh, where there is a there's a bond between uh, men, and, and we need that. We don't cease to need that as we as we grow older, uh, even though our lives we we, we often I cease to uh, to live into those relationships. Uh, that's one of the great things uh, about the men's hike. I hope if you're not going this time, that I hope you will uh, go sometime. Uh, is that we get to? Um, it's not mushy gushy, but it's a, it's a time just to get to know guys in a way that's really real, authentic, and um, and vulnerable, but also uh, is um, is strong and, and confidential. And uh, those relationships go forward in, in a lot of Great ways. So I hope that you'll um, stay with that. If you're going to say Somebody something.
1: Somebody tell me something interesting. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I've been thinking about it. He said that men form their best, closest friendships in high school and mm-hmm.
0: college.
1: but in business they just form acquaintances. That's right. But the really close bonds are usually formed in high school, right? Or maybe in high I've been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And and it's true for me, and I was wondering. What, you know, it's true. It be so, well, I think it's, it's special that when you're younger, or you're more older, or whatever, to form close
0: friends. Well, there's less risk. You have less to lose by being vulnerable earlier in your life, but, but we we build so much around our lives where we go. But you remember the, the the CEO, the hard CEO that we we um we have more to lose by opening ourselves up, and it takes more uh, to go into work every day strong and. Remember Brittany Brown said in the thing I read last week we don't take our armor off when we go home and so it's just um, I mean some guys have a knack for it, but not many and um, and uh, and then I think even we're experiencing more of a, of a dichotomy between guys who sort of get it emotionally and guys who who don't and guys who get it emotionally are, are further and further down the sort of effeminate tr- um, side of things and guys who, who don't there we there's such we we don't want to be seen that way so we so we are less and less like that when really there's a a very healthy very Christian spiritual Holy Spirit led way to to have bonds as adult right. men so and I think that we need that very much. And at
1: times, a big part of that is in high school and college you
0: don't
1: really
0: have anything to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You live. I mean, you live with all your best friends. You're right there, and yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, you're well, right. I, I would just, I mean, I know many of you are in men's Bible studies, but opposed to the couple's Bible studies, over years, I've seen unbelievable change both in myself but in my, my friends. That in the Word, it has a lubricating, transforming mm-hmm. thing that allows men to finally open up, break down, share, begin to understand what is important and what. And, and how the world deceives us and what is not really important. But if you're not in a men's group, I would encourage you to yeah. get
0: one. Well, the last one, um, and there's three really in this category. We're shepherds of our flocks. Uh, we we have uh, uh, we are uh, we're fathers. Uh, we're men of the church. Uh, we are uh, employers, or, or however that looks like. We're over men in our business, or over people in our business. And, P- and Peter writes. Uh, I exhort the elders among you, as, fellow, as a fellow elder, Peter's writing as a fellow elder, as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker of the glory that's going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. And the word there for oversight in Greek is uh, episkopaeo. It's a, episcopal. It's be it's a bishop. That's what, That's the word there. And, and at its best, at its best, that is exercising godly, servant, uh, leadership in the mode of Jesus Christ, uh, dying to self. Uh, the shepherd expects his sheep to get out of line and yet uh, cares for them patiently, uh, for their uh, has their best interest in mind. Again, no need to justify oneself uh, or use the sheep uh, for gain. And then he gives three um, things: not under compulsion. We're not to shepherd uh, because we have to. Not under compulsion. Uh, but willingly, as God would have you. Uh, not for shameful gain, uh, and yet eagerly. Uh, not domineering over those in your charge, but uh, being examples to a flock. There's a humility that comes in all our relationship. You know, it takes a lot of humility to be a, a good father. To be able to go to your son and say, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm sorry I yelled at you. That was I was out of line. To do that in, in business, maybe even more humility and, and risk. Um, but we are we are called to be uh, men of the church uh, as well and to exercise leadership, whether it be in Bible study, whether it be uh, in administration. But all for this, when the chief shepherd appears, as when Christ returns, uh, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. He, At the proper time, He will exalt you. Likewise, you are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So we're shepherds of our various flocks. Now what comes next? So humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so the proper time He might exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. So, are we lions or lambs? I think we've said it. I mean, we're both. Uh, It it is... um, it is because of the Lamb of God, who is the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. Uh, he's both. And if we are building up strength for ourselves, um, then then there is a, a hollow core underneath that. But if we expose to Him and offer to Him that hollow core and let Him be strength, strong in us. It is His strength. It's for His glory, uh, for His purposes. Because the Gospel declares that we don't have anything left to prove. We don't have anything left to prove. Again, it's not that we don't have to work hard. It's not that we don't have to cover our bases. But, but in Christ, it's all been done. And so what would life look like if we lived like that in every arena? Uh, it is time to go. I've got to get to church. Um, I just want to uh, leave you with that question. To live with His strength, being comfortable with weakness. What would that look like uh, in every area of your life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the incredible uh, strength that You showed uh, as You humbly and meekly died on the cross for our sins. And the incredible strength that You showed on the third day as You rose again. We thank You, Lord, that that justifies us completely. We pray, God, just for a consciousness in our lives every day uh, that we might live unto You. And all of our, as we shepherd flocks, as we live as sons, as we are uh, husbands, as we are brothers and peers, we pray, God, that we would be Christians in the world. We ask this in Je- Jesus' name. Amen.